0: Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. Good morning. Welcome to Game Changer. I'm David Villa. I'm here with a whole plethora of people. My beautiful wife, Diana, is to my left, my not-so-beautiful future son-in-law, Matthias, to my right. morning. And it just goes downhill from there. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I'm at the bottom of the hill. <clears throat> Look at you guys. Uh, and they say it rolls downhill. I was kidding. <laughs> now, listen. Hey, we got a room full of handsome gentlemen here. We got Sam Ez, Mike, Matthias, and we have the one beautiful rose amongst the thorns. All right, are you guys ready to dive into Financially Fit? We're talking about Get Fit series. We talked about Spiritually Fit yesterday, and today we're going to talk about Financially Fit. Tomorrow we're talking about Relationally Fit. Then we're going to be talking about Emotionally Slash Mentally Fit. And then on Friday, we're going to wrap it up with everyone's favorite Physically Fit. All right, we're going to have chicken biscuits for everybody that day from (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Please, no. I can't resist them. (laughs) Neither can I. I don't think anyone can. I don't really know anyone that can resist a chicken biscuit from Chick-fil-A. If you put it in front of anyone, I mean, really, have you ever really kind of put, you know, you put broccoli in front of people. They're like, nah, I'm good, man. You put chicken biscuit, you know, someone's taking you up on it. Yeah. I, I can't say I've ever been given a chicken biscuit and said no. Yeah. Or Unless you it. just had one, you know, or like two. That 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 doesn't stop it from <laughs> happening. I could have had three and somebody give me one I still eat it. Still eat it. All right. So what's your go-to, let me just ask this to kind of break the ice a little bit. Um, We're going to dive into financially fit, but put some comments in. What is your go-to bad meal? Your go-to bad meal. Maybe it's fast food. Maybe once in a while you got to do McDonald's or you got to do something specific from someplace, throw it in, throw in a Big Mac, throw in a large fry, or maybe you got to stop. Let's just go around the room really quick. Sam, I know you don't eat necessarily good all the time, anyway. But your go-to bad meal, Sam, what is it? Anything Chinese, man. Chinese food, orange chicken. What's fried, your favorite? You got to name one. Okay, so name one. The fa- right now uh, Chinese, you can only have one thing. Orange of chicken. Orange chicken. Okay, as go-to bad meal. Uh, probably like fried shrimp. Fried shrimp. Okay, from like anywhere specific? Willy's, Fat Willy's. Come okay, on, boy. Okay, I didn't know if you meant like Long John Silver nah, 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 kind of, you know, or like something. Come like that. on, man. I didn't know. If I got Fat Willy's at my disposal. I ain't going to Long John Silvers. Fat Willy's. Come on, man. All right, really cool. Mike' go-to ramen. ramen. Uh, ramen. ramen with pork belly, that's my ramen go-to. with pork belly. Okay, Matias. My question is, why is nobody saying checkers? Checkers, no. dog. I showed you checkers. <laughs> checkers, <laughs> you good. wouldn't have checkers if it wasn't for me. I know you're right. <laughs> Matias is building the first checkers in Argentina, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> <It's> called Cuadros. <laughs> <laughs> my go to would be Portillo's as of recent in the last few months. I just got to go there, Diana.
1: Mexican food.
0: Mexican food. Okay.
1: That's my weakness. think specific? Give me some salsa and chips.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I could live off of that.
0: Okay. That's, Michelle likes that too, right? Isn't that her big thing? She likes salsa a lot too?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love salsa. All
0: right. My
1: auntie salsa. I'll smack my mom, my dad, <laughs> my aunt. My uncle, everybody, give me some anti salsa for sure. Wow,
0: well, I never heard Diane say that. I'll smack my... <laughs> All right, so we're going to dive into uh, Financially Fit this morning, and um, and uh, so let, let's just talk about it. So if we really want to implement, guys, substantial changes, right, in our life. We have to be intentional and proactive about it. That's why we're doing this series, and really, honestly, this series is coming out of really a year, and even maybe a year and a half, because 2020, when you begin to, um, I think when everybody began to come out of the ether, so to speak, you know, of 2020. Um, and realize that, okay, this is really happening, whatever happened. You know, again, all kinds of growth, all kinds of unique situations and stories, but rea- reality is it was different for everyone. So when everyone began to come out of it, I think that everybody began to look and can realize that we've been in the last year, right, going into the end of 2020 into 2021 of change. But when we really want to implement changes in our life, we have to be proactive and intentional about it. So the reactive approach, right, our normal, human default mode just doesn't cut it and that's particularly true when it comes to managing money. And let me just say this, you know, um, you know, Diane and I've been married for 28 years and we've been on both sides of this. And um we've been on the in you know and we only have 30 minutes or well, less than 30 but we only have one podcast on this subject today. So really we can't shove all of, you know, everything we want to say into this episode but what we can do is let you know this, it has to be intentional. Because if it's not intentional, it will it will not change and the number one reason for divorce the number one reason for stress the number one reason somebody goes into you know uh, counseling type situations the number one reason somebody loses their mind you know the number one reason people go into depression has to do with your money and it doesn't have to do with not being rich. It just has to do with when you aren't cutting it, right? So anybody who has the responsibility of running a household, that's watching, right, knows that you know this is this fiscal, right? Not physical, fiscal fitness is vital to the health and well-being of every single family, whether you're a single mom and you're running a household, whether you are a grandparent and you are, you know, maybe you've, you know, you're running kids, you know, younger kids, maybe you've taken the responsibility of your family on, you know, again, and you're doing it again, or whether you are a, you know, a traditional, you know, family, husband, wife here with kids and what have you, or if you're just a single person that hasn't begun to build that extended family yet, you know, um, I can tell you that the fiscal fitness, right, fiscal, is vital to the health and well-being of every family, just like your spiritual fitness is to your body, to your to your soul, to your spirit, and just like your physical fitness is to your health and longevity of life, right? To put it another way, let me just say this: family finance isn't something to play around with or leave to chance. So if your money situation has reached the point where you find yourself sweating the arrival, right, of, of a new batch of bills, I've been there. I mean, like where, you know, there's a difference, and I don't mean this in any way other than, you know, again, we have to get into some of these points and stuff, Diana, but I don't mean this in any other way other than just to say it because, look, the reality is this. I've been to the place where I didn't check the mail. I've been to the place where I I didn't, you know, I didn't check the email or I didn't, you know, answer the phone, right? And then I've been at the place where I can't even tell you what my bills are. I can't tell you when they arrive.
1: We got them well, on that's because like, you have a wife that does it. Let's be truthful here. Come on.
0: Well, listen, relational is tomorrow. All right? <laughs> no, the main reason is I don't even think you know because we have them on auto debit. You know what I mean? Like, can I tell you? Is there? And don't we don't we don't have time to? Don't 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 put all your dirty underwear out there. But has there been a time? And or maybe you're in that time right now where you know? Listen, you don't want your bills on automatic. Like, heck, no! I'm not going to give my bank account. Because that means it comes out of my bank account when they want it to or when is what? Do. But I can tell you there's a peace of mind on having just not really worrying about that. And that's the place where we want to really talk about today. Whether it is a place of wealth, you know, in the world's eyes. And whether you're, you know, you're at a place where you're just taking care of needs of other people. Or whether you are not stressing about your bills. Both places, one is a start and one is a goal, right? But if your money situation has reached a point where you find yourself sweating every month. Or you're habitually operating in the red. And lying awake at night in there, right, wondering how you're going to make ends meet. There's no time like the present right now, right, to take things firmly in hand, firmly, deliberately. Remember, decisions determine destiny, right? And don't just fret about your financial woes and worries. Take the bull by the horns and do something about them.
1: That's building discipline. I think no matter what part of fit, family, relationally, whatever part of, you know, I know this whole week is on being fit in different areas, but I think that has to do with discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to have disciplines and that's really hard. Um, No amount of money will get you out of a bad situation because um, we've been through seasons where we, you know, had lots of money run through our hands and yet, you know, the next month we were having a hard time paying our bills because there wasn't disciplines in that um, you know, I, I think we try to do a better job with our children is to try and teach them, hey, how to probably mm-hmm. less with our youngest because she was our youngest and she was at home by herself. Mm-hmm. But our older ones, we try to teach them a little bit more to pre- prepare because honestly, my dad, um, he worked almost till the day he died. He, he, he my parents didn't really teach us, mm-hmm. teach my sister and I how to do that and prepare and and what concessions to make. And and there were times, especially from a on a Christian level is, is, you know, I can remember, do we tithe or do we buy milk? Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, thank God um, we had really great families that surround us and helped us in those seasons. But at some point um, we had to come to a, a, a place where we realized we had to put boundaries, budgets, Discipline. Mm -hmm. So even a budget does you no good if you don't have the discipline to stick to it. Yeah. Um, I'm by nature a disciplined person. Like if I'm committed to something, I'm committed it. So thank God that I'm disciplined because David's not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have points to get to here.
1: But I think that's another thing is um, being disciplined in your choices and who you bring in your life is important too. Um, but um, it was a hard lesson, and it took us a lot of years to get to that point. But, um, you know, thankfully, you know, we had people in our life that spoke into our life on both a spiritual level and then on a personal level. And somehow, but, you know, no other reason but the grace of God, we we kind of learned those things, and I, I hope we've done a good job passing it on to our kids.
0: Yeah. And, and by the grace of God, I, you know, and, and that is ultimately everything is is guided. under. This. So if you saw this title pop up financially fit, you're like, hey, I'm going to dive in here because I want to, I, I like money and I like to, you know, find out whatever somebody that's successful is going to say about this. Well, I'm going to tell you that hopefully you're not disappointed, but maybe you are surprised or maybe you weren't expecting. The fact of the matter is, I'm going to tell you the end of the story first, and we're going to get to that in a minute. It's all God. And so that's the number one thing. And, you know, I, and I want to preface this. And we, again, we have such limited time on this subject because today's the only day. And there's so much to talk about. There's practical things that we're going to get into. But the reality is this. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you that uh, Diana mentioned tithing. And I'm going to say this as a believer. You know, I want to explain to you what the the blessing of God can do for your life. And that you cannot, there isn't an investment. There's not a book there are no gurus. There is no answer like the answer that happens. I just got this uh, recent tattoo here that says 90 is greater than 100. And what that means to me is a reminder that years and years and years ago, when when I believed it, but when I really believed it enough to implement in my life that God can do more with the 90%, far more, way more, exponentially more than I can do or ever think about doing with the entire 100%, because it is God's. And I want to tell you that if you really want, and here's the thing, and I can say this, and it's one of the only places in the word where you can say this. He says, try me. God says, try me. Come on, come on, try me. It's like, you know, when you hear that word, it's like, you know what? Hey, don't don't do that again. If you do that again, you're not going to like, try me. An Incredible Hawk used to kind of do that. You know, Bruce Banner before he turned into it, he's like, hey, don't make me angry. You're not going to like me when I'm angry. He almost was saying like, try me, go ahead. But that's what Jesus is saying here. God's saying, hey, try me and see. If I not will bless, if I will not bless you to the point where I open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you have no room to contain. So it's all God's. But we're going to give you just a few bullet points here and again, not have a ton of time to touch on them, but it's important. And so you want to write fast, type fast. Okay. Number one, develop, develop a budget for your family. What does that look like? You know, and I think that you can hold it loosely. There's some that say that you have everything detailed out. I don't think we do that as, as much, but we, we have a general budget. We know, you know, uh, and we certainly did in the beginning. When we really begin to get serious about our finances, it's the only way really to, to turn the Titanic around. If you, if you feel like your finances are a Titanic, it's something you can't wrap your arms around. You're right. So we started by putting together a stricter budget than we have now, but now we live in surplus in some areas. So there's things that we have leeway on but you have to turn the Titanic around and to get it headed in a positive direction, you know, it, you have to get a budget together, your family budget, no matter what your family looks like. So, I mean, let's say this way in plain common sense is a matter of making sure that your income, right. Exceeds your outflow. I mean, that's just common sense that if you put in less than you give, you're empty. So if you spend more than you make sooner or later, what? Your coffers run dry. Bottom line. There's no, I mean, that's just simple, arithmetic, right? And, you know, we talked about God math a few weeks ago, but God doesn't work against, you know, God's not going to continually work against stupidity, right? I mean, the reality is if I continue to do that, God's going to be like, look, man, I mean, it's not that I can't do this. It's just like, you're not giving me anything to work with here. So, you know, I, I will tell you that, that a budget is important, you know, and, and so, you know, uh, Right, I mean, we we were stricter, I think, in the beginning, but I mean, really understanding that your your out your outflow has to be less than your income is just common sense. Correct? I think
1: if you're married, I think you probably also have to know each other's strengths and weaknesses. Right. I mean, for me, I could carry cash in my wallet in that time, and it <laughs> I'm would not be allowed. there. Yeah, Dave is not allowed because <laughs> uh, he actually doesn't have disciplines. Joke. I'm allowed, but you know, I he don't, doesn't. He doesn't want too don't. much in his pocket. That's why I don't like. But really, fun. I can take the same amount of money and have it, you know, for months and not make actually my children or David are the ones that usually take it out of my wallet. But David, he came to a conclusion that he had to have, we went through a season where he had X amount of dollars for the week and that's all he had. So if he spent that all in two days. But I
0: did that myself. It wasn't like you get, I know no. yeah, these are, I, just go, allow I allow. you guys understand. Want you got to clarify this stuff, man. I di- I came to a discipline. I came to an area, a place in my life where this is something I chose to do. Go ahead. <laughs> I did. I ch-
1: I, I'm containing what I really want to say right now, but I mean, um, it's I'm true. not inviting
0: her anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are you laughing? Um, at? It's what are you true, laughing at but that's his. It's not a strength of his. So until he was able to you know, make do with what he had and, and build the discipline. So sometimes you start have to, I guess my point to that is sometimes you have to start small, know your strengths and your weaknesses in that area. Yes. Start small with some sort of, you know, for David, it was, Hey, I'm just going to carry this amount of money and I'm going to make it work for me this week. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually he got to a point where he'll never carry money. And it's, well, I'm kidding. Um, he could do that and it wasn't a big deal. Then it came debit cards, obviously, as they became more and more prominent. You know, then you had to go, hey, David, you, you know how much money you spent on, you know, one of the things, um, when iTunes first came out, my God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I could have bought.
0: Let me just tell you guys this. Hold on. In one year, you were, were you working for us? No, you weren't there. I don't I know we're gonna gonna for for I've heard the stories. The my, when did you start working for me? 2012. Okay, so this is prior to 2012 when iTunes came out. This is no joke. They were 99 cents a song. I bought $10,000 in one year worth of songs.
1: Yes. Like, so then we... Quickly, I
0: spent $10,000 on songs. And I still have them. And here's the deal. Now I've got Spotify and Apple Music. And I'm like, really? So and I ma- still have this what's massive... The math on that? How ridiculous. many songs is that? Like 10,000.
1: 10,000. Like and I have no joke. I mean, have 100,000 songs. Dumb games yeah. on this oh, phone cents. that you need to get to the next level. You had to pay like whatever coins. I'm like, there ain't no video game in this world yeah. worth that. So, so I think knowing your boundaries... And setting parameters and building the disciplines in that area until you just like, you know, when you're working out, you have to build disciplines to stay faithful to it, to increase your weight, Mm -hmm. to increase, you know, your strength. So that's the same thing I feel like in in budgeting and with money is that you have to know your limitations, set the boundaries and then stretch yourself until you kind of gain the disciplines to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, real quick. And then I want you guys to come under this, you know, let me just say this, apply the basics of financial planning you know, and you want maybe you can type these in, Sam, you know, basics of sp- financial planning, spend less than you earn. I mean, are just basic stuff. This is stuff that you have to grab a hold of. Um, and then we're going to get to hopefully get the close here in a few minutes. We got about 15 minutes with, um, you know, really layering it with God because th- that is the secret. That is the, that is the, that is the, 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 you know, that is what matters. Spend less than you earn, avoid the use of debt, you know, um, Debt can be a good thing with certain leveraging, you know, in business. There's times when you, you know, I, I, listen. I understand healthy debt of of certain leveraging and, and so forth. Although Diane and I are debt free, our business is debt free. I mean, and what I mean by that is we didn't we didn't um, go and hawk the farm, and that's a blessing. And that's partially what, where I'm going to get to in a minute with God. It's all God's. And I want to teach you God's way to do it. And and I'm not talking about Dave Ramsey's way. I'm not talking about this person's way. I'm not, you know, I I disagree and I agree with parts of those things, but what's worked for us is really just putting God in charge. But I I can tell you this, avoid the use of debt where, what I mean, the use of debt is don't use debt, use money. Money's a tool. And when you, one of the things, you know, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm trying as I'm going here to, to make this as, as organized, but also off the cuff as possible because there's so much, this could really use a couple of days, or maybe we come back and do a series on, on money over a week. But I can tell you this, that money is a tool. And when you begin to realize that it's a tool in the scripture that comes to mind is my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills, like he owns it all, all the wealth of this world is his. So avoid using the use of debt, you know, maintain liquidity, you know, have emergency savings, but be liquid. I mean, you know, um, and set long-term goals when it comes to your finances, because look, in in, in case you're wondering what five, the five main uses of money that people, you know, have, where we get taxes, you know, debt repayment, savings slash investing, lifestyle choices, and then giving. I mean, those are the reasons, right? We need money. Can you think of anything else? Lifestyle choices, saving slash investing, Debt repayment, taxes, and then giving and um and you know, and so people's goals when you interview them, we talk about money there's they want financial independence, they want to maximize their giving, and this is different seasons, different maturity levels in different places you know, uh, debt elimination. I can tell you, I can talk to people that say, I want to be debt free. Um, you know, lifestyle choices. So there's people that want, you know, the house with the pool or they want to be able to go on vacation when they want, or they, you know, they want to be able to, I want this particular vehicle, you know, uh, what, what have you, they have family needs. So they want to be able to bless people around them, take it, take care of, you know, a family members and then starting a business that could be something. So financial independence, they want to maximize their giving. They want to eliminate debt. They want uh, to increase or make certain lifestyle choices. They want to take care of family's needs. They want to start a business. Does that sound about what it's for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, these are the things that matter. And I think that your why in understanding that which one of these things are really important to you right now, if you're trying to turn the Titanic around, I can tell you that my heart has always been that of a giver. I would give this shirt off my back. But the reality is, scroll back to those things. My, my reality is this. There was a season, Diana, where I could give if God laid it on my heart, but there were times where God didn't lay it on my heart that I was foolishly doing things back in the day. So my heart was always to, um, to uh, you know, maximize my giving, but that wasn't the priority that I needed back then when I was just learning how to strategically tithe, when I was learning how to turn the Titanic around. Does it make sense? When, so until you can turn it around, use wisdom. Now, there's times where God supernaturally will speak to you, I believe. There's times where he has supernaturally spoken to us in the past when we didn't have something and he said, I want you to give this. But that is not every day, and you know, and there's a difference in that and you speaking to yourself. What do you think about that? I mean, is there anything that comes to your mind on those things? I mean, these are the things, right? Would you agree that these six things are probably what people want in different times of life and, and over the course of their... Uh,
1: I think being intentional in what you do with that. So... Intentional means that you're, you've, you know, and to leave room, you know, not to be so super spiritual. I mean, you have to leave room for God to speak, to say, mm-hmm. hey, do this. But I think you have to be intentional because at the same time, what you're doing, you also want to see the fruit because the fruit is what encourages encourage the fruit of your giving, whatever that is, whether it's in, you know, some sort of organization, church or you've given to a family that you feel like had a need and you they met the need, you know, you were there. God gave you the ability to meet the need or help them meet the need. I think also intentional allows you to see that fruit. Sometimes you give and you never know. I mean, you never know what happens of it, you know, becomes of it. But also being obedient. So what some, especially when you're giving to, you know, once you give, you have to give it without strings attached and what happens with it happens with it. But I think, you know, what they do with it is up to them. Obedience is better than the sacrifice, right? So if he speaks it, Hey, give, then make sure you do it. What happens with it really isn't, you know, your problem or your,
0: but you should be, but you should, uh, you should maybe investigated and maybe made sure and listened and, you know, and researched and yeah. And I, I
1: was saying that diligently because you said given frivolously, there's been seasons of, of life that we've given frivolously, you know, and didn't really seek the, seek the Lord about it. We just gave because we felt like, Oh, we're just going to give, give, well, give, I mean, give, yeah, give.
0: And there's things where you can have a, okay. Cause you can have a spirit of giving and you could be a giver and you can, if you can be, and there could be a blessing that's attached to that. So for instance, I, you know, this is something I did. I do now because I can, and it's not even something I think about. Cause it's really minor was 10, $15, right. And something, but when, when 20 years ago, 10 or $15, you know, would have been something that could have mattered if I did it every day. If I came in right now and I bought everybody in this room, Starbucks every morning, I wouldn't even think about it. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even, I do it, you know, wouldn't be a dent, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't even matter. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even notice it. Twenty years ago, if I would have bought everyone lunch every day, you would have I would have, got a have call about one <laughs> o'clock. But I did, <laughs> but I did do that, and I did do that, and that because I had a heart of giving. The reality is this: that's not why we're, we're, I'm where I'm I'm now. Because there was a period of time where God could say, "Hey, buy lunch," and it would have been a gift, and it would have been something God would have blessed. And then there's times where David said, "You know what? That made everybody feel really good. I like everyone to feel really good. I like to," and I would do it out of, and it wouldn't be wisdom. What I'm talking about is there's times where you have to keep those things in check. You might want to maximize your giving, and that might be something God's placed in you, but you still are not in a place where you can do it outside of God. And so we have too much. We we, we have five minutes. We got to round this off. And so I think we need to come back and do a few days on this. I really do on getting your your finances in order because there's so much that our story, you know, and just how we've gone from our bedroom in 1990. Four, five of a townhome, you know, broke, busted, and disgusted, where we started a business from nothing, borrowing, you know, borrowing at one point dollars from somebody else to secure our first, you know, little space to running a multi million dollar company with 50 people that work here, you know, debt free and seeing the blessings of God. That's a story. And I want to be able to share that with you from the standpoint of, of finances, because I think it can help you. Amen. And God, but here's the, here's the secret of when that, when we play that show, when we play that week, God owns it all. So as we move through these steps and we talk about budgeting and I know we didn't get into it a lot. Remember that the one overriding consideration that has to be in the front of your mind, God owns it all, right? Contained in those four words, God owns it all is the sum in essence of all Christian financial fitness. And If it's taken seriously, this concept will lead us to a few simple conclusions. All right. And I want to give these to you as we wrap them up and then we can comment on all of these here to scroll up. So we can see the one, two, three, four. Number one is stewardship. If God owns it all, then God has a right to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, because it's his. And we're only his stewards. Understand that money is a tool. God's not impressed by it. He's not blown away by it but we are stewards of it. And as stewards, we have no rights, only responsibilities. So accordingly, every financial decision is a spiritual decision. And the way we use our money is a true indicator of our spiritual health, which we talked about yesterday. So we're stewards. Go ahead.
1: Um, I just drew blank. I'm sorry. Because I got distracted by what happened on the other side of that screen. Um, Start somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know what? Sometimes we have, you know, so many different challenges on a financial spectrum. And so we feel like, you know what? I'm not going to gain any ground anywhere because there's so much ahead of me. But start somewhere. You know, there's an old saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Um, whatever that bite is. I think first of all, is you have to examine it. You have to recognize or examine where your finances are going and what percentage there's lots of um, apps and resources out there that you can actually just connect it to your bank account kind of puts it in there and it'll actually tell you percentages of, you know, where your money is going. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to start somewhere. And I think the first step, no matter what is recognizing you need a plan to finding out, okay, really, where is my money going? And three, start small. You know, I know a lot of people who talk about I can't save. If you can only start saving five dollars a week, everyone drinks a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts or you know whatever. Start somewhere. Start small until you build the disciplines. And when you start building small and you build the disciplines, it becomes great. You 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 build the disciplines, and so it makes it easier. One thing for, and I'll give a story real quick on our young our oldest daughter when she was getting married. She was working for us part. Well, really, she was working for us full time and going to school full time before she got married. And so we, we, you know, taught her that hey, when you get your pe- paycheck, the first thing you do is you're going to give your ten percent, minimum of ten percent, to where, you know, to church, to your church, to tithe. So we taught her to tithe, and then we required her to save fifty percent of the balance because she, we knew she was heading to marriage and they were going to be getting a house and needing things. So then we empowered because she was working for us. That 10% and then 50% of your money you need to put in savings to prepare for your future. And, you know, she still lived with us, so she was able to do that. Not everyone can do that. Fortunately, we were just at a place where she still lived with us. We took care of her, you know, needs, her household or her her food and everything, her gas. So she saved 50%, and then she could do... Reward herself with the the forty percent that was left. She could do whatever she wanted with it. She could go out and eat Chick Fil A every day. She could go buy clothes. Whatever she wanted to do, and it, when and she'll give it. She can give a testimony. But in the end, she was saving. She was only spending ten percent, tithing ten percent, and saving the rest. By the time, um, you know, it was all over because as she was, began to see her savings grow, it made her excited about making cuts back so that she could make it grow more. And ultimately, um, they, they were able to buy their first home right when they were getting married. And, um, that was a big deal for us because it was probably 10 years of marriage before David and I owned an our own home. And so we tried to help set them up so that they built the discipline so that they didn't have to wait.
0: All right. That's, that is the bell for overtime. We're going to go overtime. How about that? Huh? That was the overtime bell. <laughs> Whoops. No, we're going to do it. We're gonna, that, we've never done them before. We're going go to go overtime for a few minutes here <clears throat> because my wife is long-winded. Amen. But, hey, Carby Parker actually said, I want you to finish that thought. He said something. What's the comment there, Matisse? YouTube, yeah. He said, spouses must work together to make it work. Don't leave your spouse out of a plan that takes two.
1: That's awesome.
0: In the words of Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, it takes two to make things go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. You know what I'm saying? And so go ahead. Keep going. We're going to go a few minutes overtime here. Were you, were you? Uh, so I
1: think I was, it was just start somewhere. So start acknowledge somewhere. that you need to do something and start somewhere. But if, even if it's small, small yeah. is better than nothing. A little yeah. bit is better than nothing.
0: Don't despise the day of small beginnings. That's biblical. And so that's, stu- so it's really, that's a part of stewardship. So really the reality is stewardship God owns it all. You know, Diana said it starts somewhere. So if you're looking at this, I mean, you could be in many different places and many different uh, seasons or many different levels here. And I think that don't get discouraged because the reality is we've been through all of those. And, uh, you know, we, we've been through a lot of these areas in our life. I mean, we've been broke. We've had vehicles repossessed. I mean, I remember at one state in our, I mean, no joke. I mean, no, I'm, I'm going to tell a couple of funny stories, but I mean, they're not funny then, you know, I mean, one, one time, let me just tell you, first of all, to put it in perspective in one 30 day period, we had the two vehicles that we had that weren't even really good vehicles. The two vehicles repossessed from the apartment that we were 30 days later then evicted out of. And we were, we were homeless. with children, with two children, for 30 days, we stayed at our then pastor's home while they went on a one-month vacation. We were literally homeless. And this is a man who, me, who had, had done business at that time and who had made some money and gone through some things, but we didn't steward things correctly. And we went through a season where we had two vehicles repossessed. And then before we got our finances in order, and at one point we probably were making pretty, pretty decent money at that time. But before we get our finances in order, and this is probably in, or again, 2000, I don't know what year it was. Um, we, got, we, I remember one of our neighbors walking over, we had one more vehicle repossessed. It was a car that I had and she came over and knocked on my door and said, someone's stealing your car. And then <laughs> she probably like, was really? surprised by the fact that I didn't run outside. What would you do if someone ran in here right now, Mike, and said, someone's stealing your car, what would you do? Like you would act surprised, right? You'd be like, what? And you'd run out the door. I went like this, really? You know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't can't know believe it. I would be surprised or go, hmm, oh, can I get insurance on this? <laughs> but you would be surprised. A little bit, yeah. Of course you would. But I wasn't surprised because I knew what it was. It was first of all, no one steals your car with a tow truck. You know <laughs> you what know, I'm saying? Like, and so my point is, my point is, is that we've gone through the ringer, we've been through it. Stewardship matters. Yeah. Okay. The second point here is we're in overtime. You know, I want you to understand God owns it all, that we're in a growth process. So our time on earth is temporary period, no matter how long you live. If you live 60 to 90, it doesn't really even matter. That's temporary. Any of those compared to eternity, money and material possessions are an important part of this picture. But when we faithfully keep charge the charge that God's entrusted to our care, we move closer to Christ. So understand that we're in a growth process. Money is a tool here on earth. It is the world's tool. You're not going to get into heaven and then have, you know, how much money do you have? And that's not going to dictate what level you're on, okay? So the reality is it is a tool on this earth. And, and if you just rest in that, You rest in the fact that God is the supplier. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill. The scripture that says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That should make you feel like, you know, feel better that God has the control over this if you submit it to Him, right? I mean, I was just reading about Elijah yesterday where God took care of him in a supernatural season and supplied for his needs. And, you know, He dropped manna from heaven to take care of His people through a season. I mean, God will have you and He will take care of you and He knows what you need, okay? Number three, the amount is not important. If God owns it all, we need to learn how to hold with an open hand whatever he chooses to give us, whether it's little or whether it's much. And I think that people, would you you will feel a lot better. The American dream, listen, I get it. I'm American to the bone, is to get more, 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 more. But the reality is this, I want what God has for me and nothing more and nothing less. Because if it's more than what God has for me, There are seasons in my life that if I had what I have now, I wouldn't have made it because I I couldn't have been trusted with what I have now in other seasons of my life. And there's also, can I just say this? The good news is I believe with everything in me that there's more to come because God's got more for us. But the reality is this, it's not about the amount. If God owns it, then we need to learn how to hold with an open hand because an open hand, he'll put it in, but he also it also is willingly will go out. And I can tell you that if we hold it loosely like that, and as a tool, nothing more, nothing less, that's where God can really bless you financially. If you feel like that you don't just want something, but you feel like that, you know what? I am a, a financial kingdom financer. I am someone I feel like can channel, you know, the finances of the kingdom through me. God can use that meat in that seed Can I encourage you to hold it loosely? Because when, it, when God sees it, it doesn't mean that much to you, right? Then I, I believe that's when he can really, really do something supernatural.
1: Amen. I would say don't be afraid to enjoy too. Even when you're, especially when you're building strict disciplines and you're, you're changing how you're budgeting and making those disciplines in your life, don't get so structured that you forget to enjoy the positives in that. If you've mm-hmm. saved a little bit of money, don't be afraid to splurge and buy something like... You know, we're here and sometimes we can get so focused on that that we forget to enjoy, you know, yeah. what's in our hands. So I think it's important that even when you begin to build those things, don't forget to take the time to enjoy them as well.
0: You got a comment? Here? Yeah. Someone else said, yes, please do a few days of this. There are stories where my wife and I asked how did we make it through that when we had so little and have more now and still have struggled?" and God was there for us? Amen. Well, I'll tell you what we will do. We, we will do that. And we'll do that soon. We'll do a we'll do a week and maybe even next week or we'll have you or the following week because watch fresh. I really do believe that this is something that is that important. And you go, well, wait a second, you know, you got to do a relationship tomorrow. That's super important. I mean, spiritual, all this is important. But the reality is this money, money really affects all of this. Money, money, because it's what we have in this currency, this world, and that's why the Bible says the love of money, which really translates into the lust or the unbalanced not God love, the unbalanced worldly love of money is the root of all evil. But then in Ecclesiastes it says money answers all things. So money is a tool that's on this world that will pull us spiritually away from God. If we allow it, it can pull us relationally away from one another. If we allow it, it can pull us physically away because people comfort eat. people, you know, that's something that people go to people, you know, get stressed out, which is a physical issue. Finance is attached to all of that. And so we will do that. Let me just give you um, one more point here because when we put the week together, we'll get into it deeper, but faith requires action. That's the fourth one. God's resources should be used with an eye to God's goals and objectives. God has goals. God has objectives. And it comes down to that. If you're struggling financially, here's the, here's the, here's the positive. Amen. The try a th- thoroughly conceived, carefully organized, precisely worded plan. A plan that sets forth straightforward language. A plan that, I mean, just, just just get a plan together. Get with somebody, right? And how you intend to change the unhealthy patterns of the past and how you expect to reach the goal of being fiscally sound and solvent for the future matters. Amen? What do you think? Amen?
1: I think tomorrow should be really good. <laughs> I don't know if you should wear your boxing gloves.
0: Jeez. Do I need to get boxing gear for you guys tomorrow?
1: Because I'll tell you what we can tell you tomorrow is anything we could do the opposite of what we should do. We learned from a lot of our knocks and um, we can write probably about 10 novels on what not to do in life on every area of this fit series. I promise you that. But um, somehow we made it probably because of me. (laughs) Just saying. Uh... In case anybody wondered.
0: Does anybody believe that for a second? Yes. (laughs) All right. So, hey, we went overtime. Hope you guys enjoyed the 10 minutes of overtime there. We will come back. We'll put together a financial series. Tomorrow is Relationally Fit. And the theme song is Rocky. (laughs) 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 We're opening with Eye of the Tiger in the morning. A song of the day today is I Will Trust from Elevation Worship because I feel like when it comes to being financially fit, one of the biggest things and the hardest things to give up is trusting God with one area of your life that is probably the most difficult to trust him with. Um, But thank you all for listening. We'll see you guys tomorrow. I will have boxing gear and headgear and mouthpieces for both Dave and Diana tomorrow morning, so it should make it more interesting. I don't know how your headphones are going to work, but we'll make it work. Thank you all for listening. And on that note, we out. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check
1: out the David Villas Game Changer Group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.